turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Hey guys, welcome to 2024. Yes, Happy New Year, John. Happy New Year. We're in a positive year. Would you with the Bible? Was that Charlie Brown's teacher? They were talking about this year. Well, we're starting the book of Numbers also this past week, and we're we're going to spend a little time still in the book of Matthew. Because uh, I don't think we gave Matthew a fair shake last <laughs> week. We were kind of in Trying the new year. maybe get two weeks into one week yeah. and cover Leviticus a little bit. And so, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. We, we will talk a little bit about Matthew a little bit more tonight. But also, we start the book of Numbers. Mm-hmm. We read chapters 1 through 10 this past week, and um, I've always thought maybe it's a, a relationship that I have invented for uh, uh, just sort of to explain, but <laughs> I've always thought it was good to re- read numbers at the beginning of the year, yeah. just like it's good that we read Matthew during the Christmas time, mm-hmm. Jesus came, born, mm-hmm. and now numbers at the start of the year because uh, the reason the book is called Numbers because there are two senses taken, one at the beginning and one at the end mm-hmm. of the book of Numbers, and the senses is taken so that the people can prepare for for war, uh, they're going to be led by God into the promised land, mm-hmm. and they need to uh, they need to prepare. They need to know how many people we have, how many weapons do we have, do we have, an, how are we able to mm-hmm. uh, uh, support a mil- military uh, incursion. Mm-hmm. So. Um, in a way, it's a little like the beginning of a year 
we often take account of our lives. Mm -hmm. The last year, uh, what we did, we had this experience, we grew, we expanded our business, our family, and so on. Mm -hmm. We take account and we begin to prepare for another year. And so I've always thought, well, the book of Numbers is appropriate for uh, New Year's for us. Yes. New Year's resolutions and plans. And on that note, I think I especially like it because I tend, maybe this is a personality thing, but around New Year, New Year is kind of tough for me. I get nostalgic over the past Mm. and I tend to think, oh, that went too quickly and stress because I think, oh, this next year is going to go by quickly as well. And I'm already, you know. A hundred and and on my deathbed, you know, when I, in terms of it, and it makes me a little bit, and uh, I, but this, you know, numbers, and in this case, they're taking account, but they're not taking account for the purpose of the nostalgia and looking past. Although that's kind of a part of things, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do, but just, but but it's for the purpose of looking ahead, and they're they're looking at, and I I loved. In fact, uh, we didn't play, but there's there's a new rendition of Old Lang Syne oh, that yeah. is set to um, oh, what is it called? Just in the past year or two, a, a worship group team out of not from Texas, I can't, but um, is it is it to God? Oh, I'm gonna have to bring it up. But it was so neat to listen Maybe to. We can find it in. Yeah, maybe. Um, John probably knows it. But um, it was so neat to uh, to uh, have that new version in mind. I'm going to Google it even yeah, as I... Good. It's, yeah, all glory be to Christ. Um, so it's all glory be to Christ to the tune of Old Lang Syne. And the lyrics are just so beautiful because it's a sweet reminder of, yes, we can take account of our life. Absolutely. We can look at what has happened. We can look to future and what will happen. But but unless the, the house, you know, unless God builds the house, it's done in vain. Yeah. It is all glory be to God. He is the focus. He is the one to whom we're ultimately um, working towards and working for and hoping to reach and live toward. Oh, is he? Oh, maybe I hear <laughs> something. Um, but it's just so sweet. And, and it also, you know, of course, that. Nothing of our yeah. efforts and oh, no legacy survive unless the Lord does raise the house in vain, its builders strive. Beautiful. To you who boast tomorrow's gain, tell me what is your life? A mist that vanishes, it done all glory be to Christ. All glory be to Christ, our King. All glory be to Christ. Will be done. 
It's always been such a touching tune, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that we know, you know we haven't somebody's done that sooner. But it's just a beautiful marriage of music and lyrics right there. It makes me teary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it kind of redeemed New Year's in a way because um, New Year's has always had a nostalgic feel to it. But that's just a sweet reminder that we look forward. We press on. We take account and we remember, and that's good. Remembering is a big part of Moses's records. Remember, remember, remember the covenant. But it's not just for the sake of remembering um, out of nostalgia. It's remembering a promise that one day will be fulfilled and that we can look forward to. And so the passage of time isn't a sad thing. It's actually a wonderful good thing because that just means we're one day closer to all glory be to Christ in person when we get to sing that um, collectively as his people. It's really a combination of the two things because we celebrate the past, what God had done and uh, the lessons learned, the Mm -hmm. victories won, uh, even... uh, even the failure, the defeat, we learn from them and move forward. But uh, at the same time, right. it's definitely moving forward and thinking, well, what's God got for us this year? Mm-hmm. It, it is. And that, that going to the scriptures. Oh, John, it's, thank you, by the way. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. But. I, I was talking with uh, the young people. Uh, we have a Bible study coming with some of the young people at Oak Hills Church mm-hmm. here in San Antonio. And I get to attend the Bible study with these young 
professional people, uh, probably around 30 years of age, and about 20, 25 men and women. And it, it is very special to to meet with them about it. It's the same thing you're just saying when we look at the new year. Mm-hmm. We look back and we we see lessons learned, experiences had, victory won, victory uh, maybe a defeat or two that mm-hmm. we look at and evaluate, and then we think about moving forward and. And we talked a little bit about that because we were talking about some of the main characters of the Bible. Let's say um, Abraham, Joseph, Jacob, uh, Daniel, um, King David, and so on. And... What made them remarkable? Uh, now, it's one of the things I've learned over the years reading, reading the uh, scriptures, at first we think of the heroes of the Bible. Uh, probably not a good term for them, <laughs> the heroes. In a sense, I understand it. But these are main character. These are kind of uh, people that God used in a given time, in a given moment, to accomplish a significant uh, step Mm -hmm. in his redemptive plan, Mm -hmm. the grand scheme of what God is doing. Mm -hmm. And so we see uh, Adam and Eve. We see uh, 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 Noah. We think of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and because they they're kind of major stepping stones in this process that God had laid out in the Bible of its redemptive plan, and uh, with the Messiah in mm-hmm. mind that I'm I'm raising up the people through whom the Messiah will come, and. We've talked about it quite a bit, that, and I believe that we have to, to understand these men, those particular ones, Abraham and so on. We have to understand that they marched, their lives were carried out in a different, a different. Um, pattern, a rhythm than what just a normal human being living that time would be. I'm not saying it very well, but what I mean is, for example, Abraham knew about this covenant. He knew that uh, God was going to use him, that he was going to bring the Messiah through his lineage, that uh, uh, and the 
uh, much of the of the story. He he didn't know the details mm-hmm. necessarily or the timing, but he know that he knew that was to be part of his life experience and part of his legacy was that he was going to be part of that process. Mm-hmm. And we had to realize that that. They realized that to such an extent that it, it began to be a guiding principle of the life. And when we look at their life, they were marching. We Sometimes their life doesn't make sense because why did, it, why did he do this and why did he do that and why did this happen to him? And, and, and we failed to take into account that they were marching in their life, they were marching to a different drummer, a different tune, uh, because they weren't just listening to the normal tune of life on planet Earth. You marry and you have kids and then you get a job and you get a promotion. I'm not even sure that's the tune. I hope that's the tune. (laughs) Then you have grandkids and, Mm -hmm. and then you retire and for a few years of retirement, and then they die. And then the next generation lives. So the, and we kind of look at that's life, you know, and we, uh, we evaluate our life in view of that cycle, in view of that is the pattern. That's life. That's mm-hmm. what life is. You raise up, you play Football in high school, do this, do that, do the other. Uh, go to school, go to college, get a degree, get married, get a good job, make more money, and travel, and that, and you get old, have grandchildren, and then you die. But that's not what life is all about, uh, actually. And so, one thing is to live your life with that pattern in mind. Mm-hmm. That's what life is it all about, is that process of living, getting a job, the, making the a living, getting now, money. Maybe just the, uh-huh. You know. but, but these people had an experience with God mm-hmm. that changed their understanding of what life was all about, and they were living their life to a different drumbeat, to a different rhythm. Uh, they were, and, and it makes them somewhat hard for us to, to understand, like Abraham, uh, Isaac, Jacob, Joan, Joseph, uh, these people, uh, because their lives were so unusual. Let's take Joseph, for example, uh, sold by his brothers into slavery, mm-hmm put in prison in Egypt, falsely accused of uh, Potiphar's wife, put in prison, taken out of prison because he he interpreted the the dream of the baker and the cabare, then given a place of prominence in Pharaoh's uh, 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 rulership, and, and, and it becomes... Now... To us, that's an exciting story. It's amazing that the guy can't catch a break, and then all of a sudden he becomes second most 
powerful person in the great empire of that time mm -hmm. in Egypt. And wow, we think that's just amazing. But through it all, Joseph, if he studied his life, you you kind of think, well, wow, what a guy. And we just look at it in a natural way, and it's it, an incredible life. It's great. Well, we don't realize that he went through his life, Joseph. He, he didn't look at it the same way, like, well, I'm thrown in prison. Oh, poor me. I'm a, he, <coughs> he had a, <coughs> a vision. <coughs> He had a vision of God and God's purpose in his life that was guiding his responses, mm -hmm. that was guiding the way he felt and the way he interpreted the events of his life. Mm -hmm. and, and so he was, in a sense, marching to a different drummer than what the normal human would think because he knew about he knew about his grand mm -hmm. grandfather Abraham or great granddad Abraham, and he knew about the covenant and mm -hmm. he knew about the promise that they were going to be in a foreign land for four hundred years, and, and I think sometimes we forget when we consider these men and women what they knew mm -hmm. and. and uh, it's it's easy to do because we're not always told overtly that he knew this and this and this. Now with Joseph, we knew we know he knew that he <laughs> was going to be the king. The, his bro brethren, his brothers were going yeah. to bow to him. Mm -hmm. That he would have a place of prominence. Well, maybe it, yeah. And, it, and so I, I'm, I'm bringing that to bear for. Matthew, uh -huh, and, right. and for what we're looking about yeah. in Numbers in the Old Testament, right. we got to take into consideration these people knew more than we think they did. Right, and I, I like that. I mean, as far as um, also, in other, there was something to live for. There was something. There was a guiding principle. There was an overarching. Maybe it's it's a purpose. It's mm -hmm. a meaning. They mm -hmm. had. A meaning, I think a lot of times, you know, you talk about just kind of the mundane, you, you're here, you just go, and it's kind of like um, you just tunnel vision. You put your head down, you do whatever's right in front of you because you have to, and you forget to look up and try and figure out and ask those questions of why am I here? What's the big purpose? What's the overarching? And these men and women, anyone really who has that in mind, who has those, asks those questions and is searching i mean god that is that is the ultimate that is the calling of mm. of the lord is is that promise and that no you are here for a larger bigger eternal purpose and that is to know me 
We, and to we are. This, it's mm-hmm. not a maybe. Right. And it reminds me. Yes, we are. I said, that's. Uh, but how will they know? And that reminds me of that verse. How blessed is the are the feet of those that bring the good news? Mm-hmm. How will they know unless somebody tells them? Yes. And maybe that's what's sweet about you know Matthew, of course, the, and and the Bible in general. But Numbers, Moses writing this account, taking account, counting each person. Well, at least each man in this mm-hmm. um, and bringing them into that fold specifically as a number. I don't know. It's interesting. That's really good thought. Yeah. But that's our music. And finding their part in the plan. Right. In that purpose. Uh, This is the Bible Live. And that's the end of our first segment. Um, But we're going through Matthew's, uh, sorry, finishing Matthew and going and taking a look at the book of Numbers. We'll be back right after this. (laughs) Is what I need. Is what you want from me called Light of the World. It's Lauren Daigle. Yeah, but that, that's really all I know. That's all I know. <laughs> that is that beautiful, like though. An older hymn. She might just, they might just be those. borrowing phrases. Yes. Very beautiful. Christian music, I think, uh, really, the Christian artists and the production quality of our of the music mm-hmm. had become so incredibly good nowadays. Yeah, can remaster a lot of the classic yeah. stuff. And, and I did want to say, you know, I thought that those, the uh, All Glory Be to Christ to the tune of Old Lang Syne, I thought that was maybe two years old or two. It's ten years old. I just wanted to correct that. I guess that's how long it takes for me to catch on to these things. So. Well. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought it was new. It's but, uh, possibly how long it takes music nowadays to, to get to be well known because <laughs> right. 
used to uh, you One would play station it on radio station, mm-hmm. pick it up, play it, and everybody knew it. Nowadays, of course, uh, it's not about so much about the radio station, although I'd made in some stations that have a lot of music. Yeah, it's definitely still, it, yeah. They get exposure mm-hmm. from it, mm-hmm. but now the exposure is much more varied and right. well. Well, that was, I did want to give, it was from the album Joy Has Dawned. Let's see, the words were by Dustin Kensrew, and the arrangement was King's Kaleidoscope, and that was released in 2012. And so, just in case anybody's wondering, music, all glory be to Christ to the tune of Old Lang Syne. And the music was written about <laughs> a thousand years right. ago, probably. We I need some Irish person to let us know and call. Old Lang Syne, <laughs> yeah. Well, I w- want to j- talk a little bit more about Matthew. Uh, before we jump into numbers tonight, uh, we we didn't give Matthew a fair shake last week. We talked uh, 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 around it and with it. We didn't specifically kind of go through uh, chapter by chapter the different stories that were told and and so on. But Matthew was about Christ the King, uh, and it was written primarily to a Jewish audience, and it's establishing the uh, the role of Jesus Christ as a King of Israel, the King of uh, God's mm-hmm. people. Jesus now is, as we've often said their firstborn of the twiceborn. He becomes the Adam of the uh, the race of the redeemed. Yeah. We are God's people. Through all the ages, Jesus is the Adam. And, and this is talking about Adam and Eve, about Abraham, anyone through all of history that had been right with God, and had come to know God and will be in heaven someday with God, they will be there because of the finished work of the Messiah, mm-hmm. this Redeemer, this Savior. He's a Savior of the world, not just the time of Jesus and forward. Mm-hmm. Even even Abraham, Jesus said, he saw Abraham knew me. He saw my times. He rejoiced in my times. Uh, They came, and that's why I kept saying that when we think of these Old Testament people, Old Testament people, we have to realize that they, they knew more than we think they knew. Uh, they didn't know the name Jesus Christ, and he would be. Well, you I think gotta that look we, at what they right. did know, right? And I think though that that we, I, I think the reason though that we tend to uh, maybe. Th- well, think that they don't know is that sure mm-hmm. is is I think it might be the Holy Spirit factor when I when I come down to it because when I, it's not so much that I don't know that they had a 
a real and intimate relationship with God. Uh, I mean, that's what the people group were known for, the followers of one God. You know, they uh, they had a flame by day and a pillar of smoke by night. Mm-hmm. I mean, Moses had to hide his face, you know, um, in the cleft of the rock as God came out. You know, they had, there's the burning bush, there's dreams, and there, so they very clearly had, I mean, Noah the rainbow sure. in the sky. I mean, they have this relationship with God. In fact, in some ways, people might be jealous of, they seem to maybe know him in more real, tangible yeah. ways than even we did. But it's that they did not, we don't, I don't understand, and I'm not quite sure what the impact of in being indwelled by God himself and the Holy yeah. Spirit being not something that was the tabernacle and not, a not a, and, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's what I tend so it's it's not that I, I don't think that they knew much it's just I'm not sure what it would be like to have that but not to okay you know maybe that's well, and I uh, maybe uh, I think it's a maybe term, term, uh, just a terminology you don't, uh, maybe understand, I'm not explaining very well what I mean. Okay. There were, you think, in the time of Moses, now in the book of Numbers, we find the people of Israel as as it opens up, the book of Numbers, mm-hmm. they're still camped at the base <laughs> of Mount Sinai. They just came out of Egypt. They're about a million, maybe two million strong. They, they're they not all Jewish, not all of them. Uh, there's a great number of Egyptians and other nationalities who came out and are a part of Israel at this point. They're part of Israel in the sense of the people of God. They're worshiping one God that that is the unifying factor mm-hmm. of them as as Israel, the people of God. Okay. Um, and you're saying now and this we is when they first understand, come yeah, Israel was a people group and so on. But the truest meaning of the word, even, is the people of God. Now, mm-hmm. sure, there were common everyday men, women, uh, carpenters, and Plumbers and you know the the people uh, of the of the people group here. Uh, there were the normal people, and they enjoyed. Uh, they could enjoy a relationship with God. They could know God, and many of them did, and they followed followed after God, and they worshipped God, and they were good. And, uh, people knowing God, teaching his children, and trying to live good, holy lives before God. And that, but now I'm talking about uh, the leaders. I'm talking about Moses. I'm talking about Aaron. Talk about Joseph, Jacob, all of these people that these ex- exceptional beings that God used in pivotal moments as leaders. These people, yeah, they had the relationship with God, 
but it went beyond that. They had, uh, in terms of their, they had a vision of God, its character, and what God and His ways. They understood in their era, in that time, what God was doing. They real they understand God's plan of redemption, mm-hmm. a Messiah, a substitute that was going to be born through them, through their nat- through their people group, because that had been God's promise, and so they knew about. Uh, so I'm, what I'm saying, Stacy, is their understanding went beyond just a, a relationship with God and knowing God. There, there's, these are people who, who I captured a vision of what, what God is doing in their time, in their era, and, and God was able to use them mightily. Now, I don't know how, what you would think of this. I would kind of think in our we have people that do that. You take uh, the Wesley brothers. We take uh, uh, who wrote "A Mighty Fortress Is Their God." Martin Luther. Uh, there are people uh, through history that we consider great pivotal people. Billy Graham, Bill Bright, with the establishment of the movement of Campus Crusade for Christ around the world now. Uh, they were men who, yeah, they knew God. And if you knew Bill Bright or Billy Graham, you know, they enjoyed a wonderful walk with God and we and profoundly knew God. But what made them pivotal was they they understood God to a degree that was unusual. They they understood God's redemptive plan, and they understood it for their time, for their moment. Bill Bright looked at the Great Commission of God, the book of Matthew, at the end, talked about the Great Commission. All As you go to all the world, you know, Teach us, take the gospel, and so on. And Bill wanted to take the gospel to the whole world, and he didn't look at the Great Commission as just um, a kind of a, a cheerleading uh, level. Of, it's just a, it's just a wonderful saying, and it just a great motivational picture doing ministry. Bill Bright, I think what was miraculous and amazing about Bill is he looked, as far as I could tell, from the point of view of a normal normal believer, Bill took the Great Commission seriously and like a businessman would do it. Okay, we're going to reach every human being on planet Earth. How are we going to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to reach the leaders and this and that, and we're going to start movements of spiritual multiplication. 
and we're going to put it around the world. And uh, we're going to have people raising their own support and being able, people can support them. And these men and women called to the ministry, uh, spiritual multiplication, we're going to start that movement here in the U.S., and it's going to take over into Europe and every nation of the world, and we're going to see the whole world reach by a certain time. And that was the miraculous thing about Bill. Bill Bright, he was a very normal human being. Uh, he was very approachable. We could talk to him. He came. He was a guest in our home. Uh, you sat on his lap. I have, yeah, I think we have pictures Bonnet, of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but there was, there was this profound understanding of God's redemptive plan, and he understood it for our era, mm-hmm. for the time in which we were living, and it was just astounding. God used him in a pivotal way to expand the 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 kingdom of God and to uh, uh, accelerate the fulfillment of His great commission in this time that we're living, and so I, I've taking that into consideration. That's the way we can understand the life of an Abraham and Isaac, a Jacob, a Joseph. Uh, these these quote, heroes or leaders of the faith in their time period, it, they, it was more than the relationship with God. It would, they, we had to take into account what they knew. They knew things about God, not that no one else could know, but because the revelation of God was fairly common knowledge to the Jewish people. They knew about Messiah. They knew about Redeemer. They knew about uh, substitutionary uh, atonement that would be God's plan, that the Messiah would take God, take the sins of the world on himself. Isaiah knew it. Isaiah talked about it. The great prophets they were great prophets because they saw it, because they proclaimed it and predicted things about the Messiah because they, they, God gave them the ability to see what, God, what he was doing and how things were going to work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm only saying that because of, of the way I think that will aid our listeners, when they're reading the Bible, they're reading the stories to keep in mind and imagine David, Solomon, these major prophets and these people. Don't forget what they knew. They, they knew more than we think. Yes. And I I hope I'm making it clear if it's helpful. Yes. But it also, I think, too, and this is maybe a little bit of a, like, I mean, with numbers, 
it's not necessarily I, it's maybe knowing isn't quite the term yeah, and so i'm going to be picky i'm going to pick on that a little bit because it's not just head knowledge it's not just knowing yeah, i mean the great. hebrews the israelites that left egypt i mean how much more did they have to see of god and know that he is for them and that he is powerful and mighty and yet they completely rebelled right. and disobeyed and yeah. weren't even allowed to enter into the Canaan. Right. They were destroyed. Well, and you're they're very throughout, right. right? Yeah. So it's not, I mean, it, it is what they know, but ultimately, yeah. I mean, the Abraham, the, you know, Joseph, it's not merely, not just knowing, but an yeah. active faith, a yeah. life that exactly. is um, determined to focus and live and act based on that You're truth right. and that knowledge. You're right. Is that okay? And, and okay. that's what yeah, I right. mean. <laughs> that's what I mean. Okay. Uh, people, uh, you're right that the word knowing isn't exactly what I'm talking uh, about. Maybe, maybe receiving <clears throat> or. Best, um, they understood. They. Uh, like I say, well, the to, normal, ultimately, it's it's actually the irony is it's complete trust and faith. I mean, it's yeah. an active. It's it's you know, I mean, f- just because uh, you aren't maybe the creator of. Uh, we always use this example in maybe the Bravo lesson out at Lackland, uh, which is on kind of mm-hmm. faith and what faith. an active faith is and growing in your faith and what that can look like. Um, you might, uh, you, you, you don't necessarily need to know or have created the car that you get in to drive every day, but you live according to what you do know and what you've seen and you put complete trust and faith in that car when you drive 70 miles per hour down the freeway, Mm -hmm. you know, you trust it's going to do what it's supposed to do. And that's an active faith. It's, it's, it's actively living on the, what you, what you know and what you believe uh, even though you didn't make the car, you didn't create the car, you can't really know. You just sort of. And you may not really oh, know we're, we're how the stretching. car works. Right. You just, you mm-hmm. know, if you mm-hmm. put the key mm-hmm. and turn it on. And it... And I think maybe the the, the, <clears throat> the disobedience would be either misusing the car or you're like, okay, yeah, sure, I trust that car. But you never get in it. You never go anywhere uh, in which case you don't really trust that car. It's like that. I love that example that you give about the tightrope walker. Yeah. It's um, so tightrope walker across the Niagara Falls. There's a big crowd. And he says, okay, how many of you think I can walk across and come back safely? Oh, yes, you can. And they make bets and stuff. And so he's got the basket. And so he goes and he walks across and he comes back. and With the ooh, wheel, wheelbarrow. Right? With a wheelbarrow. Okay, yes. And then uh, uh, I think he makes one other. And, okay, how many people think I can do this, you know, with? 
with um, grains of weights and bricks and oh man and so they make bets and wagers and he goes across and he comes back successfully and those that said that he could do it are like yeah I knew he could I knew he could and then he goes okay of those of you right, that knew that he could now how many think I can do it if you, with you in the with, in the wheelbarrow with the person, with the person in the wheelbarrow and everybody, yeah 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 you can right. do it and he, well, I need, I need a, a volunteer. volunteer. <laughs> and, and so the, the Christian, the, the, what God is calling us to do and the life to live is to volunteer to get in that wheelbarrow. And I've always loved that. And that's, I think, what knowing, when you say knowing, I think that's what you mean. The life yeah. that's willing to actually trust and to live as though what he says will happen will happen and what is true is true because a lot of people might say that but they don't live by it you still want to kind of hide this part of your life or take ownership over this or you know not willing to take uh, this risk of uh, leaving your job and uh, you know I, I think of John Putman Oh, uh, John in our city. Yes. I think others I've known through the years it left the job, they left everything and followed the Lord's oh, yeah, plan for them and God is faithful to raise up support behind mm-hmm. them and people that partner with them and they're now serving the Lord thirty or forty years they've been on the mission field. And God has used them mightily. I, I think that's where I'm headed with all of that. Okay. It's because, yes, there is, and it's probably wrong to put it in the terms of, of what they knew, like you're saying. But on the other hand, I think they, in other words, how do you explain a life like Joseph's? How do you explain a life like Abraham or about uh, Moses? These, well, some of we, it. Remember last week your uh, description of riding horses and that life of faith. That when you don't ride for a while and you yeah. don't practice. You're really sore and it hurts and it's like other times. But if you stay in that saddle of faith, your muscles, those faith will grow and you get stronger. Maybe that kind of explains, like, they just stayed in the saddle. (laughs) Anyway, that's our music. Well, that's our music. (laughs) Well, we'll come back. I know it does. Uh, This is the Bible Live. We'll keep uh, discussing the book of Numbers right after this break. Paris of 10,000 to my 
So many of the guys and, and women that we never <laughs> would have connected to the gospel in some ways during their life. Uh, Johnny Cash and we can, Chris Christopherson, uh, I've heard them, their professional faith in Christ. And of course, Whitney Houston and others as Aretha. well. Yeah, Aretha, yeah, exactly. Oh, who knows what God is doing. But, you know, I've played a bunch of them, you know, Sam Cooke and Rick Nelson and Elvis and all kinds of people. That we may not, not have recognized in their life when they were alive and recording, but... Uh, well, I guess it's a little what we're talking about, Stacey. Yeah, okay, good. There's, uh, well, I would, maybe we can go back to, uh, I, think, I think there's a lot of things. I, when we were talking over the break, there is, I think, the underlying, um, or what you, what you said is broiling, what's kind of broiling, mm-hmm. <laughs> is what do we, it reminds me of that Chuck Colson book, How Now Shall We Live? Mm-hmm. So it's not so much what they knew, it's what you, kind of how you choose to then live. What you, okay, what now? We know this. How now shall we live? How do we, uh, you know, even in numbers, I liked one of the questions that you have, as God prepared Israel for war, the first priority was to organize them for worship. The second priority was to safeguard the moral and spiritual purity of the nation, especially what basic institution. And I do love how his family, and sometimes there's also, even in, in, in numbers and kind of in all of the books, Moses has this great way of, I mean, it's so very like God, um, heavenly minded, that big perspective, Mm -hmm. that reminder of the covenant, reminder of uh, Genesis and our very our genesis, our beginning, um, mm. who God is, who are we in relation to him, what the problem is. Um, so that big picture, but also it's very practical. Okay, now what? Well, you're faithful to your spouse. You, uh, If you have children, if you get married, if you uh, uh, get married and have children, you're, uh, love, you tell your children these things. You pass on to them. You tell them and disciple them. You, uh, um, and then how do you interact in, with your neighbors? Well, you're constantly pointing them also to the truth of who God is. And, and so it's very practical it's you uh you don't lie you don't steal you don't cheat you mm-hmm. and it's not because those things make you good it's cuz because you trust and you love god and he loved you first and he has and this is how he has told us to live so we do those things out of love and that, but we are always keeping, you have to keep, like you've always said, you keep both of those in mind. Yeah. You're keeping that eternal perspective in mind while practically working out your faith and making, and, and telling others, like mm-hmm. you, you know, this, this music and that verse, I love uh, that verse in Romans, um, 
how I think it's yeah. also he kind of quotes Isaiah, but and how can they hear about him, Jesus, unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, "How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news." And he was quoting Isaiah, mm-hmm. and uh, and so we 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 have to think, and this is where your heart really is. We have to remember to tell people no. the good news of the God the, the, of, of Jesus with your family, your, your children, family. Mm-hmm. and then your their friends, and mm-hmm. their and, and uh, yeah, I think it's, is that what you <laughs> really? It really is that, uh, and, and that's what when we go, we we're kind of bouncing around between Numbers and Matthew, Matthew. Yes, yeah. but you can see. That's the same challenge Jesus had with the, by the time Jesus, the Messiah, comes on the picture, mm-hmm. uh, the culture, the, the society of uh, the Jewish culture, which was still a kind of a, a, a foundational group for the people of God, but it wasn't limited to just Jewish people, but they had received the law, the covenant, and God had mm-hmm. been working mm-hmm. with them. But they had drifted far away from God. And so here he was, he presented himself to the nation of mm-hmm. Israel, mm-hmm. Uh, and he's rejected, mm-hmm. but he, he, he spent time discipling 12 Jewish men and building them and the challenge is to bring them up and to give them the vision of know God through the Messiah know God revere God, experience God and then also to see that what God is doing and to be a part of Changing the world by proclaiming this gospel Mm -hmm. message around the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. And they became a part of the reason the Roman Empire uh, fell. Mm -hmm. Because part of it was because of their decadence. But their decadence met with the movement of the Church of God, Mm -hmm. God, the expansion of God's kingdom, and just like Daniel had, Daniel had predicted that God's kingdom smashed mm-hmm. the kingdoms of the world, mm-hmm. and, and so Jesus was having to try to bring them up to speed to know and understand God, and to know and understand God is doing an unusual thing in their time, in their moment, mm-hmm. and for them to see it. And take their place in and being used of God mm-hmm. to bring a new era entering in the age of the church, the mm-hmm. time of harvest, mm-hmm. unprecedented spiritual harvest mm-hmm. around the world. See, but I, I guess this is what I well, did. They know that the, <laughs> here again, that uh, did they know that you know that we know uh, John? You would appreciate that maybe that reference. Yeah. Uh, yeah they knew but but no did they know that they uh yes they i'm sure knew they were um 
in the midst of, of course, some things. But um, what you had did the note? Well, I was gonna, that 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 they were ushering in what they ushered in. I mean, you know, they and I, I think they they didn't necessarily. They they were the beginning, they did they were in the saddle. But they were in the saddle. They did not necessarily know where they were going, but they were they were they were good writers. Yeah. <laughs> they were uh they were going to stay in that seat of faith. And they um, were, you know, it reminds me of Secretariat. I've been rewatching okay. ever since you said that uh, about, you know, the saddle and stuff. And then my church, our church is doing a read through the Bible, but they're doing chronological this year. And so I was like, well, okay, I'll try and kind of do both. But, you know, primarily we're doing this. So, but they're in Job, Genesis and Job right now. And uh, so, of course, we're in Matthew and Numbers. Um, but I, Job, of course, I always think of the opening line in Secretariat and then cut to that final scene. I mean, I truly get like just I cannot help but laugh and get a little bit emotional every time I watch that scene of Secretariat because it's just perfect. I mean, it's. It's, you know, he comes out fast and, you know, oh, no, he's going too fast and this is a disaster. And then, I mean, he just and the commentary, they took the exact phrases of what the actual commentary was on the race uh, that day. And I was like, he's moving like a tremendous machine. And I mean, just the power that secretariat had. And then, uh, I mean, just slowly, it was just. He he was he did never slow down. If anything, he just got faster and faster. And then he's you know ten links ahead, fifteen links ahead, and everybody's jaws are just dropped. They don't know, you know, they're they're cheering, but they're also just in sh- like just in awe. Yeah. And I feel like that's. And then when he wins, I mean, it's just no question. He blew yeah. out the competition. Yeah, he won yeah. by more than, and it, you just cheer and celebrate, and you're, and I, it's like, that's like what Jesus accomplished, right? And it's we're we're team Jesus. We're celebrate. He absolutely destroyed the competition. He is a, and and we get to partake kind of in that victory and i think in the day to day we don't necessarily know what um we don't you know we don't know what this era of the united states you know is going to, you know we don't know what 10 years from now is going to be we don't know if technology is going to keep advancing or if we're <coughs> going to completely crash and collapse we don't know uh, um, that's not yeah. where he's placed me at least right, right. now maybe some pe- maybe elon musk does know <laughs> yeah. you know maybe some people and 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 that's okay that's what god's called them that's where he's strategically placed them in this time and space and right now i don't know these things but I'm, I am team Jesus. I'm along for the ride. I will trust him and cling to him and by faith stay in that saddle. Mm-hmm. Come, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, water, high water. I think um, you got the picture that <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, now, um, Jesus is kind of uh, an exception. Well, you know what I was to the whole thing. <laughs> yes. He is he's the one. He's, but yes. he's Neo. <laughs> yes. Well what's interesting though is I don't know 
you mentioned this before, and a lot of people, um, oh, and maybe in some Bible studies, yes, that we were finishing up, I think, or kind of in the middle of Luke before we went kind of for a Christmas break. But uh, they were, we were talking about if Jesus knew who he was as far as, and some of the kind of missing elements, it seems like, in the Gospels as far as his life and how come we're not told more. And I remember thinking, we have to remember, though, that Jesus didn't come to be our therapist. He didn't come to counsel marriages. He didn't come, and those are wonderful things. I'm not saying, uh, but Jesus came to be our substitute. Jesus came with a mission. I mean, he came and he was zeroed in. I mean, he was focused on that. Doesn't mean he didn't do those other things, That, but that was not primary. That was not the prime prime objective. <laughs> that was not, what is the uh, Star Trek, right? Isn't uh, there a... <laughs> the, what, the prime directive. Prime that, directive, that, right. His prime directive was... To go where no, no one has gone before. <laughs> to, yes. Well. Uh, he did it. And, uh, and, and sometimes I think we, in terms of his life here, we wanted, we wanted him to, you know, to this or that. We wanted him and... No, he came to complete, to save all of humanity. You know, I laugh sometimes because I think, um, you know, well, I can't save everybody, but I can save this one person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I feel like Jesus sometimes had to live the opposite. Well, I can't save you, but I can save everybody. The whole world. The whole world. And And that's what he was, His and he did. It is important for us to notice that Jesus did not come either. Jesus did not come to earth to prove that he was God. Jesus didn't have to prove he was God to anybody. If you're God, you're God. That's all there is to it. You don't have to prove it to anybody. But he did have to, his unique calling was to live under the mantle of faith, mm-hmm. trust, right. submission, obedience to God the Father and the Spirit as they led him. His job was not, well, he could do anything he wanted because he was God, but he, he emptied himself right. of that, and he walked under the mantle of faith at the Perfect man of God, man of faith, trusting in God the Father and God the Spirit, working through him, guiding him all the way to the cross. Mm-hmm. So his was the unique calling. The kind of person I'm talking about, let's say, would be a, a Peter, the, the, the apostles, mm-hmm. but most particularly the most pivotal human being of the era of that era was the Apostle Paul. Paul was used at a level that was so far beyond uh, a distant astounding individual and his life would be impossible to explain uh, purely humanly. And it's because Paul caught a vision. Jesus, yes. Salvation, yes. But 
a vision of what the kingdom of, of God was going to explode out of out of the boundaries of Israel and around the world. And Paul was there seeing it happen, being a part of making it happen. And, and so he understood that what God was doing in his period, his time, and his role in, in, in on the earth. Now that's kind of what I'm talking about in some ways that about Moses, about Abraham, about David, they captured, these are people they captured in a given moment, wow, they, they Daniel saw what God was doing with Babylon and what God was going to do through the ages. And we need to do that and connect our lives to what God is doing in our time as well. Mm -hmm. And that's what Bill Bright did and probably Dr. Graham and others. And that's what we need to do in our era. Mm -hmm. And you are doing it. And other young leaders are going to be raised up and going to articulate a vision for this time that we're living in and, and uh, we'll proceed forward. Uh, but anyway, I, I hope what I'm saying is helpful because uh, it explains the Bible and, and explains the lives of so many of the people of the Bible, and if we had to be the same, we had to be looking for what is God doing mm -hmm. in our world, mm -hmm. what what His priority in this realm, mm -hmm. in this time, and find out where God is moving and working, and, and get in line with that, mm -hmm. line up our lives with His with His mm -hmm. Spirit, what He's doing. And that's how we can move forward with uh, with victory, with right. excitement. And I think, too, at that same time, though, I mean, uh, um, to, to not let that make you anxious, yeah. though, at the same time. So on one hand, be on the constant lookout. In fact, isn't that his look for me? I'm coming back. I mean, that's one of his. That's yes. what he leaves us with. What is he doing? What And look for him. But also be at peace and rest in that he is indwelling you. He is with you. He is wherever you are, especially, and like you said, Jesus's life. I mean, one of his probably most triumphant moments, um, yes, of course, the cross, but was in the desert, in the wilderness, yeah. driven out into the wilderness by the spirit. He could have thought, well, boy, I mean, or we would be thinking, well, I'm not being of any use to anyone here. I'm in the yeah. wilderness. That's not. Help. And yet that was one of his most triumphant moments when uh, he was tempted by Satan. 40 days. It was it was hard. It was after fasting. It was after. And he defeated him, defeated Satan with scripture. He stayed in the saddle of faith. Re rejected he, the temptations of the liar, the great liar, yes. Satan, yes. the deception. He quoted scripture like yes. he did to Eve. Eve, he quoted yes. scripture. 
it's right. scripture to Jesus, but Jesus said, right. not by word alone, but by Right. Bread alone, but by right. the word of God. So some of our yeah. most, I mean, and and I I didn't know this necessarily, but uh, in the commentary, so we read the New Living Translation, and in the commentary, um, it just talks about how in the Hebrew Bible, the book of Numbers is called Bemibdar, which means in the wilderness. And so over and, of course, over and again, you, you see Jesus's life in the wilderness, one of his greatest moments, defeats and conquers that temptation uh, and time again juxtaposed, though, with here in the numbers mm-hmm. in the wilderness, he, just the people not getting it, not choosing to trust and instead wishing they were somewhere else or instead uh, longing for this or that or wishing I could take back control, not living by faith, but disobedience, pride, not humility, not in submission. And and God, it's one of their most failing moments. And miss, so I guess miss the opportunity right. to be. Yes. Exactly. To, to be. To and do so it it's, correctly. yes, it's do not right. necessarily the, you know, so I know, and I know this is your heart too. It's not necessarily doing these, what you feel like are big things all the time, a Paul moment or a, mm-hmm. in fact, it's, it's oftentimes when you're by yourself and what you might be experiencing as a wilderness desert moment of temptation and you choosing to trust the Lord, to speak scripture, to fight that Apollyon back, and mm-hmm. uh, that that is a, your greatest moment for the gospel and for yeah. the kingdom. Um, That's really what I've been trying to okay. say. You, say <laughs> you say it so well. That Stacey. pilgrim's That's progress. Right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think that's interesting about... Um, Numbers being what well, when they were yeah. they're in the wilderness when this is happening. Um, yeah, it's all interesting. All interesting. <laughs> the, what they were headed for Canaan, mm-hmm. and again, anybody who knew anything knew that they were destined to go back into Canaan. Remember, Abraham had. Mm-hmm. God had told yeah. him. Well, Caleb Abraham, and Joshua knew. People are going to be in in bondage for 400 years. Mm-hmm. And, and so these people at Mount Sinai, many of them, they had to know our destiny is to go back in. And, uh, into Back into Canaan, to the land that God, that they were right, they that had promised to do that. land, uh-huh. and uh, and they had good. They could have known that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they did. At least Moses knew it. And Caleb and Joshua. And I Caleb always think of Joshua. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Joshua. Well, that is our music once again, and so this is the the end of our at least with the uh, beginning of the book of Numbers. We will read the rest of Numbers this week, and then we'll go back to the New Testament. So it'll be fun. And we will look forward to coming back here next Sunday. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. See you next week. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. 
mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live Broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. 